professionals and students with mental illness to encourage you to strive, to thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford, and I look forward to sharing many stories with you to encourage you to live in resilience. So I hope you get inspired. Boom, 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 so guys, so guys, so this is episode one of the many that are about to come because we, let's let's talk about the name 365, Resilient Minds 365. So basically, I want to let people know that every day there's another resilient mind out there, 365 days of the year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there's someone out there that's bouncing back. They're coming back. And I want you to be encouraged to let you know that your mental health challenge does not have to hold you captive. You know, but in order to do that, I first wanna talk about how I started this and where I'm coming from. So my name is Cleone Crawford. I'm your host at the new show, Resilient Minds 365. And I live with bipolar disorder. I've been diagnosed in 2006 and I was diagnosed when I was in university at University of Toronto. Uh, I was taking some African history courses with teachers like Nakaniki Musisi and Afua Cooper and another, and basically amazing women like that. I was inspired by these women because these women were giving me an, an, another way to look at elite women elite African women. And I am a black woman who is of African descent because I am from the motherland, black power. So um, with that said, with that said, I was in a, I was taking some courses in African history and I came with this amazing idea to start a nonprofit called Black Seed. The word seed actually was S, S dot E dot E dot D dot. Don't ask me what it meant because it was 2005 when I came with the idea and that was so long ago. So with that said, I came with this amazing idea to create a nonprofit to help connect young at-risk youth in the Rexdale community to professionals and mentors that could help them come out of the ashes. Do you know what I'm saying? We need help. We need help. 
And that's what I wanted to do is to help someone. And that's what I'm doing right now is I'm here to help people. So like I said, I created this organization and let me just drink some water if you don't mind, if you don't mind, please. Sorry. So I created this organization to help people, young people, people who were struggling to find identity and who maybe need help to find their identity in another mentor. So I was excited. I was sharing my idea with everybody and people were excited. I remember sharing it with people like um, my, my cousin's brother, Sean, and sharing it with another schoolmate of mine who is doing amazing things in the Somalian community, Nazra Gil. It was just amazing time. We were trying to work on it, but you know what? There was something going on with me. I was acting kind of cryptic. I was acting very dark. I was starting to feel like I was on this mission and I started to feel like I was a spy. I remember wearing my black leather jacket all the time and um, it was just, I, you know, I, I felt like I was undercover, like it was just this inspector gadget, you know what I'm saying? So with that said, um, I, I, I was a spy in my mind and I was surviving off a little sleep. I wasn't, I, what was I doing? I was surviving with a little sleep. I was traveling a lot and I was spending a lot of money and I was talking really, really fast. And you know what I learned years later is that those are symptoms of mania in bipolar disorder. So I didn't know that. So I continued to act like that for a month, for about maybe about a month and a half or so. And then all of a sudden, all of that energy just came crashing down. I suddenly did not want to get out of bed, did not want to eat, didn't want to um, get dressed, didn't want to brush my teeth, didn't want to comb my hair. And I suddenly had this looming feeling of, you know what, I want to die. That didn't make any sense to me because I'm a woman of faith. I'm a faith believer, I'm a faith walker. And um, as a faith walker, we don't do that. We don't commit suicide. Why? Because we have a good life. We live in the best life, best life, best life. Hey, hey. Music therapy is very important to me. So that's my insert. So anyhow, um, we try to live the best life and I didn't feel that way. I felt suicidal. I wanted to die. I remember I was on U of T's campus. I was living in Tartu College and I don't know, but when I think back, why would I want to die? Why did I want to die? Well, I remember living with a, a roommate in there who was a graduate student, was quite smart, but there was something off about her. I'm pretty sure she had a mental illness. And I don't know if it was her, 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 her essence, yeah, that's the word, if that might have triggered, triggered, you know, like triggered me or something, but something was off about her that didn't feel right. And I had never suffered from a mental illness in, ever. Prior to that, I had suffered from um, epilepsy for about 11 years, since I was 13 to 24. So we're saying, I think I had 
got had experienced bipolar 2006 so that would be let's calculate let's calculate because i'm gonna have to calculate 9101 so that's 25 so literally one year later of me being healed of my epilepsy which means i had no more seizures i one year later i encounter this which is what was called later bipolar disorder. I learned the term bipolar disorder when I went into CAMH in January of 2006. I went to CAMH, turned my, took myself into CAMH and called a friend. Let's call her G, by the way. She knows who she is because I call her G even though her name is blank. So G came to meet me at um, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Ooh, that's my son behind me. Anyways, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. And um, she, she, she sat with me because at the time I wasn't necessarily having the best relationship with my mother, um, whom I love now, but we weren't having the best relationship, so I wasn't comfortable to call her. So I called my friend because my friend was a social worker. She worked in social work. And I figured that she would understand me and understand what I was going through. So with that said, I called her, we waited in the waiting room, and I met with an intake nurse. She asked me many questions. And then I, I guess she probably figured out that based on the answers that I was giving, that there was something that was a little bit off. So the psychiatrist came and basically the psychiatrist asked me to say some more questions. And at the end of that, that's when I first heard the term bipolar disorder. I never knew there was such a term because I never knew what bipolar disorder was. I never knew anyone with it. But that day I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and that changed my life for forever. That one label, that one label changed my life forever. Things were never the same. So for six months, I went to see a, I went to see the school psychiatrist at the University of Toronto, and seeing her was really good. For six months, she never they never recommended medication, but they did recommend psychotherapy. Think about it. No medication. But they said, psychotherapy is what you need. You need someone to talk to, to express your feelings, to get things out, to get perspective. So I needed someone to get some perspective. So for six months, once a week, for one hour a week, I spoke to a psychiatrist and she never once mentioned medication. And by the time six months of working with this psychiatrist, how many sessions does that work out to? Six times four is 24. So after 24 sessions of working with this woman, I started to feel back to my normal self. I started training again for the marathon that I ran in October. I started eating healthy foods again. I started going back to church. Well, I had never stopped. But 
I was just happy. But not only was I happy, I was happier because I finally figured out what was wrong with me, what was going on with me. Like it didn't make sense, but I figured out what was wrong. And when I figured out what was wrong, I was able to do something about it. And I was feeling good that the six months, the two, 24 sessions that I had were actually beneficial. So I decided to go to my church, which is the church I was raised in since I was 16. I will not mention the name, but I will say the acronym, which is NLPC. You know, do, you do the, re, do the research. I went to church and I told a sister that, guess what? Hey, guess what? I finally know what's wrong with me. I have bipolar disorder. That's what I said. But that sister looked, stopped, thought, and then responded. No, sister. No, sister. That is of the devil. When I heard those words, it pierced my soul because it made me realize that I must have been demon-possessed for the last six months. So they demonized my mental illness. And that's what happens in the church sometimes, is that through lack of understanding, they demonize illnesses. And so that means for the next six years, from 2006 to 2012, I did not have any bipolar episodes again, but I did have episodes that were questionable. Like for instance, when my sister passed, my sister passed in 2007 in a car accident. And that's actually why I'm doing the show today on June 2nd, because when she passed away, um, yeah, when she passed away, it was June 2nd, 2007. So I dedicate this show to my baby sister, Alicia Basila, Ashley. <laughs> no, actually that's not even Basila. Basila is my other sister's middle name. Alicia Latoya Ashley, 1989. Still an 80s baby. So I dedicate this show to her because I remember when I was at her bedside, I told God on June the 4th that, God, if you're gonna take my sister away, you know you have to pay me back. Well, guess what, friends? From 2007 to now, that's 13 years later. Well, 13 years later, it's payback time. And I'm finally doing well, because guess what, guys? I have bounced my name is Bounce, 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 yeah. Back to the story. So, and during those six years, I was arrested once for a fight because I was, you know, defending somebody. I was like, you know, trying to help somebody out, but in helping someone, I got in the crossfire 
and I responded and reacted and I got into a fight and I got arrested. And then I got kicked out of the school for a few years actually, because I had to come, because they said that something's psychologically wrong with you. Was it that something was psychologically wrong with me? Or was it that I was a black woman who was angry, who was trying to defend somebody? A black woman trying to defend somebody. Hmm. That's what happens in this country, unfortunately. Black women are not allowed to be angry. We're not allowed to show that type of experience and that kind of feelings. And I felt very, I felt it was an injustice done against me. So for the next few years, I constantly just had different injustices continue to happen to me. And, hmm. It's just crazy what happens, you know? So in 2012, that's when the bipolar came back. I'm not gonna tell you the whole story, but the bipolar did come back. And I was working, but prior to the coming back in 2012, I wanna give you a background. In 2011, from 2010 to 2011, I was working for the Ministry of Health with long-term care and the Fiscal Oversight Performance Brands under Michael Parzai and, and Rhonda Ross. And um, they were my bosses in the Ministry of Health. I loved my job. I worked very hard. I worked overtime. I created initiatives. I did a lot. I loved my job. And then one year later, I had a seizure and because I had that seizure, uh, eventually I was let go again due to my epilepsy illegally, but they had to pay me $10,000 for me to leave because it was illegal what they were doing. So I lose my job and then I just had, I had just moved into my own new apartment. Give me a second. I had just moved into my new apartment and would you believe after four months of living in there, my apartment flooded. My fashion business, Sea Virtue, my office space, I lost it due to the, and down Sea Park, due to the aerospace, due to the, uh, the new renovations that were done in down Sea Park. So lost that, I was kicked out there. Then my apartment floods and all my furniture are destroyed. And I feel like, what's going on with my life? Why is all this bad stuff happening to me? And then finally in 2012, I think I cracked. I think I cracked. And that's when I ended up back in the mental hospital, but this time I was put there under duress, under, I was in the hospital for six days illegally well i felt it was illegally because i went there on my own terms but i didn't leave i wasn't able to leave on my own terms and that was the beginning of my mental health journey where i would have been mentally hospitalized in total i've been hospitalized 26 times and during that process between 2012 2013 and even up until 2018 or 19, I've been sent to prison for crimes that 
I've been sent to prison twice. Once in 2013 for, for a crime I never committed and which I currently still have a criminal record for and twice in 2018 or 19, I think it was 19 in January for threatening a politician will not remain her will not make her name known because I'm going to give her some a little bit of dignity. However, I was hurt. I've been homeless. I've even escaped from a mental hospital. <laughs> oh, good times, good times, good times. Oh gosh, good times, good times. But so in the nutshell, I've gone through it. But guess what, guys? I represent resilience because I bounced back. I am now Cleone Crawford, author, speaker, mental health advocate, spiritual counselor, coach, spiritual coach, consultant. What else am I? Um, serial entrepreneur, former fashion designer. As you can see, I'm very fashionably adorned in my African attire and my newest position. Did I say author? Yes, I, I'm going to be a three-time author, probably a four-time author. But my newest position, which I'm most proud of, is I am now a digital strategist where I teach people how to turn how to become digital. It's awesome, especially considering COVID. So there's more to this story, but I'm not going to end it. I'm not going to let you know because this is a journey that I'd like to take you on. And in this journey, I want you to feel the things that I felt in and just to come with me. So with that said, let's get my music on. Hey. Uh, uh, uh. What? 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 And to all you resilient minds out there, until next time, please subscribe to us on all our platforms. And don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Also, join the community of resilient minds and sign up for our five weekly www.cleonicrawford.com Be sure to grab a copy of my book, The Music of My Life, on all Amazon marketplaces to get to know me better. If you can think of one person that will receive value from today's show or connect to my new testimonials, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of this week's episode of the podcast and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself, only Cleone, or Resilient Minds 365. And to end, me, Cleone Digital. And remember, mental health is not a death sentence. Despite your illness, you can strive, you can thrive, and you can live a life of abundance. Until next time, I'm Cleone Crawford, and I'm signing off. My name is Cleo Crawford. This is how I let you know I got to go.
Bye bye.